Most people won't believe me, but this is this is what I'm about to share with you actually happened to me. Okay. Outside of as I was went from standing up much like I am now to on my knees, not being able to move. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys, thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here. I know you have lots of choices in life. We are just inundated with information and people trying to get your attention. And uh, the fact that you're here is not taken for granted. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I am really thinking we hit one out of the park today with my guest. I've got somebody on that is not only in high demand, he's in high demand because he is a phenomenal, phenomenal speaker. He is very inspirational. He has built an incredibly large construction business, but we really dig into how he got started, some of the struggles in the beginning and how he overcame them. He is an award-winning, successful, multi-million dollar entrepreneur, best-selling author and creator of Transform You. He's been featured all over the country in notable outlets such as Forbes, Entrepreneur, NBC, ABC, many more. Uh, he's a high, he's a very well-respected, highly sought-after life and business mastery coach, and uh, he helps folks get unstuck and become unstoppable. And we really dig into some of the, I mean, he was brutally honest with the way he started and some of the struggles he had, and, and I think it's super inspirational to listen to that and then to understand what he was able to do. The lessons in this uh, episode, the lessons in this conversation are priceless, guys. So sit down, get comfortable, and get ready to be not only be inspired, but to learn how to take yourself out of being stuck and to move forward. Guys, I give you, without any further ado, Stephen Scoggins. All right, Stephen, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate your time, and I'm excited for this conversation. Dude, I love hanging out with you. We always have a great time, and, and little gems always fall out. Absolutely show not long ago and there are gyms everywhere. So well, thank you. Yeah, it was a blast. And that's always nice when we do this kind of a, a swap is I already know I like talking to you and I already know the value that you're going to provide to my audience. So I'm excited for it, man. These are these are really, really fun, especially when you know ahead of time it's gold. So let's uh, let's catch everyone up to speed. You you're out there, man. You're everywhere and uh, you're doing some such cool stuff and helping people like crazy. But if there's somebody out there who's like, I don't know who this guy is. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What, what does your background look like and what what's led you to where you are now? Yeah, I think the easiest way to do that is, for, is to probably do a very, very high-level overview. Uh, my my backstory reads a lot like Forrest Gump or Joseph from the Bible, depending <laughs> on what perspective you come from. So um, let's just say I grew up in a very difficult household. Uh, I was very forced to grow up very quickly. And I mean, at the age of nine years old, I was uh, forced to, to make meals for my little brother and try to help my then dying grandmother. Okay. Um, life kind of went crazy from there. Uh, bounced around in high school a little bit, did okay. Okay. Kind of student, but our financial picture growing up was kind of like just a, a hot mess. Yeah. Uh, you know, dysfunctional parents off and on for a long time and ultimately led me to being homeless. And, you know, I, I found myself homeless at the age of 21. Um, a lot of that had to do with me not knowing who I was not knowing the value that I bring, not, not really doing any kind of gifts or talents assessment to, yeah. to really kind of nail that down. I had had, fortunately, some mentors along the way that had put information inside of me that you would thought had gone in one ear and right out the other, but <laughs> apparently it got hung up on the other ear. So, yeah. 
uh, it just came back to bite, you know, not bite me. It came back to help me when I needed it most. And, um, after, a basically a, a faith conversion that we just don't have time for, um, literally in one instant, my entire life changed. And within a year and a half, I went from, uh, being homeless, uh, to building my first business with the tools and the equipment that I needed out of the trash piles, uh, to developing a multi-million dollar business that employs, you know, hundreds of people across three states. And that became my first flagship. And I learned a lot about a lot more about myself as an entrepreneur and, yeah. and kind of grinding it out. I now own six companies uh, with combined totals of nine figures in revenue. And, you know, and, uh, you know, all the the quote unquote success that comes with it, all the stuff that we celebrate yeah. is actually not what I like to celebrate. I like to celebrate the gritty journey that takes to get here because people don't see the behind the scenes work that goes into yeah. building a business from scratch. And, you know, so my entire life is really dedicated to going back and serving the person that I used to be. And I do that through life mastery skills. I do that through entrepreneurial skills. Um, essentially, any way I can help someone achieve a higher level of success, quote unquote, yeah, right, is yeah. kind of my it's kind of my deal. That's what I'm about. So yeah, and you're doing that at a high level. So I'm gonna. I'm going to assume, and I don't know the answer to this. You were not married when you were 21 and homeless. Like you were, you were single, I assume. Yes, I was, okay. I was single. Now, okay. I, I was fresh out of a very, very toxic relationship, which turned out to be my Achilles heel for probably the first three decades of my life. <laughs> and that can do that. So when you said you 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 hit this moment uh, where, and, and I'm, I'm like, I, we don't have to get deep into it, but w- was it... Um, was it a, re- what, a religious thing? Like something through, that's what I felt like you implied, but was it more of like a church thing? It wasn't, it wasn't a much of a, let me pivot a little bit. So my grandfather from the day that I was born referred to me all the way to the day he died when he, in 2016 as his little soul winner. He introduced me to people that way. His little what? Soul winner. Oh, soul winner. Okay. Right. So for those of you who may not share the, the same faith journey, a soul winner is nothing more than someone who essentially plays an essential role in leading someone to a better spiritual life or a better life in general. Okay. Um, now, I spent well over five years as a dedicated, heartfelt atheist. And my grandfather would still pour on top of me and pour on top of me and pour yeah. on top of me. And, you know, I'll be like, well, the Big Bang Theory and the, and the evolution and this and the quantum physics and all this kind of stuff. And he would all he would say was just dig a little deeper. In other words, you're only going after the answers that you want. Mm. So this, you know, it's that confirmation bias kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, I didn't later discover that until later. But I fa- used that concept to fast forward all the way to coming back from a suicide attempt, being homeless, I finally found myself trying to basically earn a little money by my little brother, believe it or not, who at one time looked up to me. Well, it looks up to me now, but you know, during that season, he wasn't looking up to me very much. Actually, technically looked down at me because he's taller than I am. But anyway, uh, you know, he came up with an option to, to let me clean in his litter box in, his, in, in his, the home he was living in at the time. And um, I needed the money. I agreed to do it. And, you know, I, walked up the seven stairs, walked into the mobile home that it was, you know, nice. What do you call it? The, uh, I forgot the type of carpet that's in a mobile home, but anybody's ever lived in a mobile home is exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's had old texture, you know, blue wallpaper on the walls, white linoleum leading back past the lawn, you know, little mini laundry room into the master bedroom. And, yep. you know, from the time I hit the front door to the time I got all the way back to the bathroom, which is where he kept the litter box, I could smell the ammonia in the air. Like it was that yeah. powerful and strong. And I walk through the the bedroom, 
you know, my brother's approach to uh, living was quote unquote lived in at the time, right? So <laughs> you know, stuff everywhere. And I walk through the door expecting to clean her litter box, you know, no harm, no foul, no big deal. And I walk in and there's this massive litter box on the floor. And I look at it and you know how you're supposed to empty a litter box, like you scoop it, you know, yeah. and it's kind of it's like a, it normally has a dip for the kitty cat to walk in. Yep. This one looked a lot more like an ice cream cone. It had a dome. <laughs> right? So rather than doing anything else, he just poured the sand on neglect, top. Yeah. Major right? neglect. <laughs> so had I known that ahead of time, I definitely would have asked for more money. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, but at that point in my life, I was kind of downing out, down and out. I was at the lowest point that I could possibly be at. Like I said, I had had a suicide attempt a few weeks earlier. Okay. Um, had narrowly escaped taking my life thanks to a mentor of mine that just happened to be there at the right moment at the right time with the right words. Um, and I was still very curious about my life. I hadn't kind of had a, what I refer to as a surrender moment. I was still in very much in control of my life. I wanted to control the, the people. I wanted yeah. to control my outcomes. I wanted to control my results. I wanted to control every daily step. And yep. it seems like the tighter I try to put a control factor on it, the more and more difficult life became for me. Yeah. As a result, I'm cleaning this litter box and you know I'm disgusted by it. Um, you know, I came in with a little Walmart, a Walmart bag I had to go back out of the that the master bathroom into the kitchen and get a full fledged trash bag, right? Because it was yeah, yeah. There was a lot of tootsie rolls everywhere. Right? <clears throat> yep. So I'm I'm scooping this stuff, and I promise we'll go once more with the story. I'm scooping this stuff. I'm not thinking of thinking about it, and I'm I'm just getting more and more angry and frustrated as I'm as I'm going at this thing. Yeah. And as a result, I the scooper hits a clump and snaps the handle right off the the scooper. Now, I'm not even a third of the way through digging the thing out, right? I get, I mean, I'm getting angry. I got angrier. I'm more disgusted with, I'm, I'm not as disgusted with the litter box as much as I was disgusted with myself or where, where I had let my life get. Yep. And the self-condemnation and the self-beating and the stuff like that was very real in my life in that moment. Well, I put my thumb in the back of the scooper and of course, I'm more disgusted. So I go faster and faster and faster trying to think that I'm just going to get this over with, right? Yeah. Well, the corner of the scooper catches the, the bag and rips a three-foot hole in the bag. And the proverbial stuff goes everywhere. Yeah. By that time, I had had enough. And again, at the, in that moment in time, I was very much a very committed, very angry, very persistent atheist. Yeah. Because after all, if there was a God, then how come I would experience so much suffering that I had grown up with, unfortunately? Yeah. Not realizing that the suffering that really comes and hits the world is actually of our own doing as people. Yeah. Um, wars and famine and so on and so forth. But that being said, I threw the scooper down and I had this like rocky moment, so to speak. I had this moment where all of a sudden I started yelling at the top of my lungs with pretty much every obscenity known to man. I probably invented a few <laughs> at the ceiling at this quote unquote God I didn't believe in. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, ah, rah, 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 rah. but I, and I, and it's funny as I was kind of doing that, no, and I'm like, it's always if you're so blankety blank real, why don't you prove it? Kind of thing. And again, I'm the probably like I'm way over the top anger and all kinds of stuff. Um, most people won't believe me, but this is this is what I'm about to share with you actually happened to me. Okay. <clears throat> um, because I don't have a literal explanation for it. Outside of as I was went from standing up much like I am now to on my knees, not being able to move. Wow. A sense of fear and awareness. I would, I would. When I say fear, I mean a healthy fear and awareness came over me, like that. 
I have this uh, permanent white spot on my chin. It's like, when I say white, it is white, white. I've had that since that encounter. Hmm. Did you hit your chin? Did you cut yourself? I didn't hit it. I didn't hit it. I hit it on my face. I had a goatee at the time. This is obviously when I was a little bit younger. Um, So I should not have any gray hair when I'm that young. Um, It became this massive white spot that never left. It was almost like a reminder. Hey, remember this kind of thing. Uh, but in this moment, uh, essentially the, this anger and animosity, it was almost like I was doing the whole Rocky thing. It was almost like I was fighting Rocky and this spiritual encounter, the spiritual nature that I was kind of fighting was like, can you, is that all you got? Bring it on. Mm. Kind of thing. Essentially knocks me to my knees and very quickly ans- uh, ask a, a very clear question. Are you ready to surrender yet? Mm. And what do you do when you're frozen? I mean, every single hair on my body was standing on ends, my arms, my legs. I had hair at the time, believe it or not. <laughs> Best Kevin Arnold mullet out there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's from the Wonder Years. Yeah, uh, I, I know exactly. I, I had one. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, so I had this I had this encounter. And in that moment, I mean, I, I don't, I, I still to this day don't remember if it was a, a 10 minute encounter, a 30 second encounter, a five minute encounter, an hour encounter, like the, it's almost like time stood still. Mm. And as a result, what do you do in that moment? I can't move. I got everything on fire. Everything around me is like just crazy. And I said, I surrender. It was that plain. Mm. And just like anything else, I hadn't been released from the floor just yet. And it was like somebody took a, a hot vat of honey or oil and started pouring it on the top of my head from the top of my head all the way down. And it slowly, almost like, like I said, like oil or honey, like slowly like made its way down my entire body. Yeah. Um, what I haven't shared a, a lot is it, before that encounter happened, my, the prior five years of my life, which is when the greatest part of my ter- inner turmoil that led me to homelessness, that then led me to a suicide attempt, led me to depression, anxiety, and all that stuff. Um, it was almost like I was walking around the world wearing a, pair, a permanent pair of sunglasses. Like it didn't matter how bright the skies were or who I came in contact with. I always saw a dark tip, okay. so to speak. Yeah. And in this moment, one of the first things that I remember after getting up off the floor is looking outside the skinny rectangle window, if you will, um, that's in a mobile home, right? It's a lot of bathrooms in mobile homes. Yeah. <laughs> one foot by two foot little window. Yeah. And I'll never forget this for the rest of my life because I looked out the window and it was the bluest sky I've ever seen, even to date in my entire life. I mean, it was like my, my, my eyes had been heightened. Like it was ridiculous. And this pine tree branch was blowing in the wind. I mean, almost like it was blowing slow motion. Hmm. And, you know, I typically don't share this encounter very often because sometimes it weirds people out. I have zero interest in being weird, Um, (laughs) but it is my encounter, right? Yeah, Yeah. The reality was, is within three days, I was back on a framing crew working for a guy by the name of Steve Myrick, who was my first mentor, um, who gave me a second chance that I didn't deserve. I did my best to ignore him and, and, and work on his crew and kind of, when he come around the corner, kind of go hide. And yeah. I found this encounter where um, my father sent me to go reframe a garage door. So one of my businesses is a very large construction company. In fact, my flagship is, which coincidentally I've discovered is not sexy until somebody needs something built. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so true, man. Yeah, like so all true. these million-dollar homes, these skyscrapers, guess who built them? Construction guys, yeah, right? exactly. Right, but anyway, so, you know, I'm, I'm reframing this thing, and I'm listening to these guys that had taken my place during my couple years of struggle, and they were bad-mouthing my first mentor, Steve. And they were just 
you know, he doesn't pay on time, da, 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 da. And for those who are not familiar with the construction industry, the construction industry is built in such a way that a lot of times you have draw schedules. Now, some of your audience, I know that flips real estate knows exactly what draw schedules yeah. are because oh, yeah. they get them from the bank and they get them from the trades and everything else. Yep. Well, let's just say that these guys were 30% or 70% drawn on a 30% completed product. Okay. Wow. So they were 40% overdrawn already. Yep. Well, they kind of basically say they're not coming back. I overhear the whole conversation. I get mad and I rate like on the inside. Like, how how dare they do this to Steve? He's a good man. He gives people opportunity and hope. And he's a great entrepreneur. And like, I'd watch Steve like put $1,000 tips under jars and stuff like that. Totally hidden for single mothers and stuff like that. Totally walk out the door. And I would watch these people. Like, I've, I physically watched a single mother fall to her knees and weep because she just made a mortgage payment on one act of kindness. Yeah. That's the kind of guy. He was a very harsh and shrewd businessman, but he was also very, very giving on the underside. Yeah. I say that to say that I felt like in that moment that they were betraying his trust and all this kind of stuff. And I had this epiphany as I'm walking back across the street to the other house or not across the street to the next house over. And that was this little quiet voice that basically said, well, isn't that what you did? And I was like, Dang. So that hit me like a ton of bricks. But that fire was enough to light something up inside of me where Steve comes back around the corner. It's Friday afternoon. We at, at Back in the day, we don't do this now, but back in the day, we'd knock off at two o'clock, which means we'd all get our checks and go home and start our long weekend because yep. construction people were notorious about having, well, having Monday uh, money on Friday and not having money on, on by Sunday. <laughs> so and that was, that was the, the lifestyle that I grew up in. So I say that to say that I had this overwhelming sense of fire in my belly. And this is after that litter box encounter to go talk to Steve. I go talk to Steve. Steve rolls, rolls down his window. I hadn't talked to him you know, before then. He's like, how's your head now, boy? I'm a good old Southern guy from North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> how's your head now, boy? So what's getting, you know, it's, I'm, I'm getting better. Well, that's good to know. What can I do you for? I'm like, well, you know, these guys over here that, 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 that are doing the siding work for you now. Can I, you know, that, this is what I heard. Can I have a second chance? Can I take over? Well, boy, with what tools? I, I done sold them all the tools that I got you the first time. I sold them the truck. I sold everything. I don't own any of that. It's all their stuff. Uh, that's, that's all right. Well, you ain't got no money. You're wearing a nail apron. You're not, you're not wearing a, uh, a, a formal tool bag. You got no ladders, no scaffolding, no truck, no nothing. How are you, how are you expecting to start a, co a company when you ain't got nothing, boy. I'm like, well, you know what? I just feel like there's something in my belly. I'll figure it out. What do you mean you figure it out? That don't make no, that don't make sense. And if you'll give me a second chance, come Monday morning, I will be prepared. Now get now, I will tell you right now, I had no idea how that was gonna take place. Yeah. None whatsoever. Well, as a result, as we're having this dialogue back and forth, he finally stops and pauses. And looks at me dead in my eyes. He says, I'll tell you what, if they don't come back, I'll let you finish that house we're working on right there. And we'll go from there and see how you do. He drove off. My dad starts walking back up because my dad was his, his main framer. Mad as fire at me. What have you done? I just got you back on the crew. You know, and I'm like, yeah. you don't understand. This is something I got to do. This is this guttural like start what became one of the most powerful moments in my life because for the first time, now I grew up largely without my dad being around. 
he struggled with alcohol and some other things early upbringing. He's, he's a fantastic grandfather, healed up great. He's actually managing my construction project right as we speak right now. Real quick. I just want to jump in there and say, isn't it, isn't it interesting? Your dad, you had issues. He wasn't there. He drank that, those kind of things. But, and I'm saying this for a reason because there's people out there I know who maybe weren't the best father, mother, the first time around, they have grandkids. You have a second chance. I know, I can tell you from experience, if you can become a good grandfather or grandmother, trust me, your kids can forget what happened with them because you're doing the right thing by their kids and no one protects anybody more than their own kids. So it's just a little life lesson, but I think it's important. It's actually oh, huge. In fact, I'll piggyback on that before I jump back into the story. Um, I will tell you that one of the most pivotal moments or breakthrough moments in my life was when a good friend of mine asked me one question. He goes, Stephen, have you ever thought about who taught them to be a parent? Well, no, of course I haven't. Well, maybe you should dig into how they became who they are. Hmm. What caused your dad to get into alcohol? What causes your mom to, to, to have these, uh, these mental victim crises and other things that she, you know, she grew up with. And I had never done that research. Yeah. I'd never done that research. And, you know, I, I say that to say, if you can learn to look at your, your parents, if you had a difficult upbringing like I did, as the wounded child that they are, you're able to move very far past any kind of discretions and stuff like that. Yeah. Not to mention, you have behaviors inside of you that you learned from those parents. Yep. So, and it shows something if they become a better grandparent. It, it shows that they know, they learned. Because, you know, there's an, and I make this argument, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I've made this publicly. You don't, you can't blame your parents your entire life for how you are. At some point, you have to take control and break that chain. And and it just shows that that he did, obviously. He became a good grandparent and yeah, he broke that he, chain. And, you know, the, the catalyst, he was still drinking at that time, but the catalyst was... And again, I'll never forget this because it was the first time I remember my dad showing up. He goes over to Steve Myrick's work van that Steve Myrick owned and begins pulling tools out of the truck. Now, we keep in mind, we had just picked those things up and put them in the truck to begin with, this van that he had. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, do you remember working with me during the summers and when you weren't at school? Yeah. Do you remember what the siding we used to use? Yeah, the, the masonite stuff, the cardboard stuff. Yeah. Do you remember what the ladders were made out of? Yeah. What? Wood. What were the scaffolds made out of? Wood. What were the walkboards made out of? Wood. What were the braces made out of? Wood. I'm like, okay. I'm not, I'm not it's still not and kit me. He goes, start pulling lumber out of the trash piles. We have stuff to build. Man, what, so a, build what a great, what a great metaphor too, right? When people say, I don't have the tools to be successful, metaphorical tools, right? Whatever, right? It, you pulled them out of the trash. You used what you had available to you. And man, does it piss me off when people tell me they don't have the tools, they don't have the advantage. Like, man, yeah. pull them out of the metaphorical garbage and yeah. get to work. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think that's no, such no, no, a powerful no. message. I mean, that, and that's definitely where we were heading for sure. Because in that moment in time, I think where where what you just mentioned is people are not aware of what is around them yeah. because they're not looking for it. The moment I had that aha moment where I understood what he was saying, it was easy to see that I had everything that I needed around me. Now I was going to have to put in the work 
yep. to basically take this this quote unquote trash pile and create my treasure trove of scaffolding equipment that I was going to need Monday. Yep. Right. The reason all this is so important is because that became the essentially the flagship, uh, a business by the name of Custom Home Exteriors, which has now been branded the CHE Companies. And the reason I rebrand is because I have multiple divisions within that one organization, commercial, residential, all so on and so forth. Gotcha. And that that is the organization. That's the flagship. That's the one that employs 400 plus people across three states. That's the one that allowed me to have the the wherewithal and to grow as a person, right? And to learn that, you know, because when you're in business for yourself, you're going to have an evolution of your identity. Mm. First of all, it was about feed, uh, about getting food and having shelter. Then it became about getting out of debt. Then it became about, okay, well, now that I'm out of debt, how do I grow, yep. right? I didn't think about scaling the business for the probably the first five to eight years before I was even like, because I still had the imposter syndrome. I still had the break in confidence. You know, I was like, I don't, what do I, what can I do? What can I do? Yeah. And this all goes to show that about five years in of, of creating that company, um, I was in a quiet moment and that little whisper from the litter box came back and said, keep going. One day I'm going to call you out of this. Not knowing what that meant. Now, hindsight being 2020, if you just look at my life trajectory to, to date, it's very clear that there's a greater purpose behind my life. Now, here's what I understood about business. And I think this applies to every entrepreneur, every life out there watching, listening right now. And that's this. The greatest mistake that I ever made in building a business was not building myself. Greatest mistake, bar none. Yeah. Not being aware that that was even important. So how do you do that? Because here's what the construction industry taught me how to do. It started with teaching me how to use my hands. Right? I have permanent calluses on all my hands. So my, my journey is real. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Yeah. That taught me how to use my head, which later taught me how to use my heart. And now every single endeavor that I take advantage of or pursue comes out of that combination of heart, head, and hand. It allows me, it's the, it's the uniform nature that ends up bringing purpose. Yeah. You see, I didn't understand when I was young and I was young. And I even, I mean, this is like, when I say young, I mean, all the way up until like 10 years ago. You know, still, still, hey, you're still super young, man. Come on. <laughs> right. Here's what I learned about that. Everybody in the world for the most part, actually, not everybody in the world. Um, a recent statistic through Hub, through the Time Magazine uh, scenario was 67% of all people, 67% of Americans would say that they're ha- unhappy, unfulfilled, and frustrated with life. Okay? Yep. Of those 67%, 98% of them would say they're searching for purpose. And I've been there. What's my purpose? What's my identity? Who am yep. I? Why am I here? What do I do about it? Yep. Right? Three most important questions in life. Well, on top of that, here's what I discovered. The greatest purpose you'll ever have in life is serving the person you used to be. That's how you end suffering. That's how you end trauma. That's how you end frustration. That's how you scale. Is by bringing value to the person that you used to be. Tell me about that. What does that mean? Explain that to me. I'm not sure if I understand. Yeah. So here's the deal. Okay. So I am currently an entrepreneur of multiple businesses. Okay. High, high levels of annual revenue. I'm responsible for leading families. 
Um, for example, I know that I, of the 400 plus team members that I have across these states, that each one of them on average has roughly 2.7 family members, which is kind of, how do you get a 0.7? But anyway, what's the stats? Short about? kid, man. Just a short kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, but if the decisions that I make, the responsibility that I have affects every last one of those family members. Mm. Okay. So there's an awareness about how I'm supposed to lead, which means I can't be overly defensive or overly aggressive or overly irresponsible or reckless or stubborn, right? All of those things you're going to face as an entrepreneur is you're trying to whittle your way through finding good team members and becoming a good team member yourself. Okay. All that to say that the place that I find the greatest freedom, the place that I find the greatest joy, the place that I find the greatest purpose, the place that I find the greatest passion the things that inspire me the most all have come from learning things along the journey from the homeless kid to here. Okay. Yeah. That essentially becomes knowledge, wisdom, intention, perspective, right? Yeah. Had I had those knowledge, wisdom, perspective items ingrained in my DNA as that homeless kid or as that broken, what I refer to as the broken kid, meaning I had brokenness inside of me. Yeah. I could have I could have avoided over a decade of suffering. So if I'm going to go back and serve the person that I used to be, I'm going to go back and create content, create businesses, create culture, create teams, create uh, infrastructure around serving and fixing the problems that that young mm. man had mm. from the time of that trauma all the way till now, knowing that there are peaks and valleys of growth along the way. Yeah. So there's the homeless kid. There's the kid that's getting out of debt. There's the kid who's who's into toxic relationships and can't seem to shake them. There's the 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 shot. What I refer to as the uh, the uh, hip hip firing gun gun slinging yeah. yeah. like, yep. fire there. You know, put it out right yep. or yep. else. There's the humility of what I refer to as the stages of humility, which is essentially just a concept around how we re- how we're humbled and how that actually builds confidence. Yeah. Right. So I stopped operating in false confidence, had several hum- humble moments that created true confidence. Yeah. Okay. All of those different patriarchs along the way, right? The, the father, so to speak, of each one of those identities. I create content, businesses, cultures, team members. I love that. All of that around helping that person. I love it. Now, for me, it's male, female, doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. What I'm specifically after is helping people break free from certain unelevatable, if you, if that's even a word, levels of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm stuck financially. I don't know what to do financially. I don't know how to break through. I'm in tons of debt. Okay. Well, we got to solve that problem before we can focus on how you're going to build a ten million dollar home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love that concept because what's so cool and powerful about that is, and and now I totally get it. You, you're you're building your companies, your what you're passionate about, what you're doing around helping you at various stages of your life because you understand who you were at that point and what you needed, right? If I mean, it's really, you do it on a big scale, but honestly, it's a great lesson for people on any scale. Like, it doesn't matter if you have money or, or influence or anything like that. 
you know what you needed at certain points in your life. And if you just take a moment to try to help people out who are in those spots, like what, what a great way to give back. And like I said, you're doing it on a bigger scale. You have a bigger platform and you're able to help a lot of people. But I get that. I, I And I love that concept of, of serving you at various stages because, like I said, you know exactly what you were going through and what you needed. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk about the platform in just a second. I'm, I'm honored to, to be in a place in life where the where I have more of a, a platform to hopefully... Yeah, let's, let's definitely talk about that because I wanted to dig into that next. Here's, what I, here's, here's a, a promise I made to myself, gosh, a decade ago. When I first began having some awareness that um, I had the ability to speak. And for some reason, it didn't scare me like it, it, it can intimidate others. Yep. I had the ability to write books, even though I'm ADHD and dyslexic, which makes my editing a nightmare for my editor. <laughs> my yeah. take on that, okay. Right. Uh, I didn't know that I had those skills inside of me. And I think most people don't understand that they have sk- those types mm-hmm. of skills or skills in general that are inside of them that have to be unlocked and discovered. Yeah. When you look at the platform itself, the promise I made to myself was I'm going to serve the one to the best of my ability. And if that leads me to a greater platform, fantastic. Yeah. If it doesn't, I'm still going to serve the person to the best of my ability one-on-one at a coffee shop, yeah. wherever that's going to be. If I have one of my teamers walk in the door and I see them crying, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to walk over and say, are you okay? Yeah. I want to talk. I'm here. I can't profess life mastery stuff and, and skill sets and strategies and, and hide behind the curtain of, well, I'm Steven Scoggins. Nobody cares that I'm Steven Scoggins. They, all they care about is, do you have something that can help me break free? Yep. Which helps me have, remember that, remember that humbling piece I told you about, but yep. I kind of, yep. when this journey first started, if I'm being completely transparent on, so when I first started this journey, right. And I first had a people that started seeing this, some of these skills within me that I didn't see in myself. Right. Yeah. The more and more they showered me that the more and more I was like, well, maybe I am, maybe it's well, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Eyes off the prize, man. Eyes off the prize. Helping the one will eventually lead you to helping the many if that is your destiny, so to speak, or your walk. Yeah. People are more, my wife, for example, who's phenomenal. She's amazing. She cares less about being on camera. She doesn't like microphones. She doesn't like live events. What she wants to do is sit down with somebody at a coffee shop and basically dry their tears and work with them one-on-one. Yeah. I think far too many people in general chase a platform rather than chasing the impact. How can you impact someone else's life for the better over and over again? It's like building a business, right? We both built successful businesses. We both, we've both, you know, in in roundabout ways have dabbled in the construction industry. Some with real estate, flipping properties and holds and stuff like that, which we both love. We both love that game. (laughs) But, it's like by helping one, that one becomes a brick on a foundation. And then you help another and that becomes the brick on the next foundation. And then that connection between them becomes the mortar joint. And then it happens again. And then it happens again. Yeah. What people are seeing today, and again, I am my, my platform, it is something that I'm grateful for, but it's also something that I realize I have a great responsibility for. The things that I say can either hurt or help people. And I have to be very intentional about how I communicate those things. Yeah. So, but I learned that in the gritty phase. I learned that in the crap that people don't celebrate. 
I learned that in crying in my pillow or, or hiding out under the stars trying to stay warm. I, I, I learned all of, all of the stuff that makes up the DNA of me now that allows me to help more people directly from immense suffering. Yeah. My son last night comes up. I want to be like you, dad. Which I'm like, you know, which is one of those dad moments that make you want to cry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, but my son at this, at this particular stage in the game, it, now granted, I think he had a shift last night, which is fantastic. Yay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, one of the things that he said last night was obviously after that, that I realized I said, you want it quick, real success or real quote unquote success. And I, and I deem success as freedom. Mm. You have the freedom to choose yeah. the freedom to work at this place or not work at this place, the freedom to be in this relationship or not be in this relationship. So true. The freedom to the freedom to buy a car, not buy a car, like just freedom in general. That's how it says. Yep. You know, so it's different, a little bit different for everybody. But I said, if you want that, son, you are going to have to do the things that I do. Well, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm like, you just, all you've got to do is take a step every day. Just take one step. You know, we got into your story on the show that we did together, which was amazing and beautiful. And the one thing that we both share in common was we got scared. We just took a step anyway. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That, that, sometimes that is the defining difference between, you know, success, you know, freedom and whatever that means to you and not. It's the people who step up and, and take a swing and, and, yeah. and don't sit on the bench, you know? Yeah. You know, and when it comes down to helping and serving people, I think people are done with gurus. They're, they're done with perceived gurus, people that, quote unquote, have know a better way, have a plan, have a process, have a strategy. But people use those words interchangeably all the time, yep. which is so difficult with people that I can I consider heart-driven messengers to get to market. It's just hard, right? It's yeah. very difficult to cut through the noise yep. um, because people have been jaded and jilted and they're being constantly being marketed to and, you know, in 10 yep. different ways from day. I learned a long time ago that if I was in fact going to try to put my possession, myself in a position to serve people at scale, it could not be about the knowledge that I have. It could be about the impact that I can make through the knowledge that I've gained that then can be applied to someone else's life. Yeah. So everything that we do is pivoted uniquely, specifically to help somebody in a specific area of life at a specific time and place in life. Because really, you know, they, in marketing terms, they have what's called avatars, right? This, you know, confused Connor and anxious Avery and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, if when you look at that holistically, what you're really saying is that person has a specific struggle in this area. Well, when you look at the people that we serve, they're from all walks of life all nationalities, male, female, like it's completely gambit. And we had the hardest time figuring out how we were going to serve them until we realized what we're built for is to help them out of a specific season of life, which is AKA stuck, which is why my show is called Stuck to Unstoppable. It's stuck is nothing more than not making progress. Yep. Unstoppable is consistently making progress. Yep. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I like, I really do like your, your concept and tell me if I'm off here, but it's not like you're taking anybody and just saying, I'm going to make you financially successful. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's address what it is right now. That's keeping you from moving forward. Let's do that first. Let's not look 10,000 years into the future. Let's look at tomorrow and we'll get there. But, but first we have to start with what's currently got you stuck, right? So you can become unstoppable, man. I love that. So you don't, when people come to you or when they, when they work with you, they're not necessarily in one industry. It's more, you're not focusing on an industry. It sounds like more 
as much as you are focusing on specific problems that people are encountering and getting them past that. So what are the what are the the types of things that people come to you with that they say, man, I'm just, I, I can't, I don't know what to do here. I'm just stuck in life. I'm stuck in where I'm at. And is is it always sort of like business related or is it all like all over the gamut? Is it personal stuff? Well, <clears throat> so here's, here's how I would answer that. Everything that is business related is actually personally related. A huge mistake that people in the, in the professional community make is they think they can segment this is who I am mm. as a person. This is who I am at work. Yeah. Everything bleeds back and forth, right? That's how you can have a husband or a mother uh, basically work all day long. They child desperately wants their attention. They're drained. They're wiped out. They don't have the emotional energy to truly invest. And, and then that child grows up to be like, well, you weren't around. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you look at that uh, whole, holistically, in almost every case, their pain point is hidden in one of three places. And I kind of mentioned them earlier, but I'll hit them again real fast. First, the first one is who am I? So inside of who am I, who am, inside of who am I we have true, a true authentic identity, okay? And your identity is not your sexuality. It's not your race. Those are elements of part of who you are, right? But your identity is more about the value that you can bring to the market. When I say market, community, household, whatever. Right, right, okay? yeah. That's where you find comparison. That's where you find imposter syndrome. That's where you find ultimate fear, right? It's all hidden in who am I, okay? The next one is why am I here? What was the Mark Twain said the two greatest days in life, the day you're born, the day you figure out why, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great thing, yeah. In, in, in all honesty, the vast majority of the people that we work with, if they don't have an identity crisis going on, they're not sure how to apply themselves to get ultimate fulfillment in what yeah. they're searching for. Yeah. The, the professions long, I see far, I've had people that I've worked with from all walks of life. And I mean that literally I've had professional entertainers, professional athletes, CEOs, entrepreneurs, stuff like that. But I also have the everyday hardworking soccer mom and dad, right? Some yeah. people refer to them as blue collar. I refer to them as big heart, yeah. right? Because all of those people in some relationship have been me at some scale. Okay, going yep. back to sort of person used to be. Well, this again, the second one is why am I here? Well, until you can understand who you are at your authentic core, it's gonna be very difficult for you to apply your natural gifts, talents, and skill sets in a specific direction, aka building purpose. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. The third step is maybe they've maybe they've they've done some identity work and we've worked with people that have done a lot of identity work and maybe they've they have, hey, a pretty good idea about what they want to do. Yeah. Well, the third area is, is, okay, how? How do I do it? Which is why I've been very intentional when I started building out the transfer system itself. I was very intentional about laying everything out step by step by step by step by step. Yeah. One of the things that comes back in the, in the audience, because we're constantly surveying our audience because I want to know how to serve them better. And as a result, one of the things that kept coming up is like, what makes us different? Like, what, what do you like about working with us? And here, uniformly, in almost every communication, this comment or sentence kind of shakes out. You break it down into step-by-step. Step. Hmm. Where with other people that we've worked with, it's very like, here's the psychology behind it. Here's the theology behind it, which is actually higher than psychology, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> here's why it's important. Yeah. Right? But there's no one really there to kind of hold their hand to show them how to make that step-by-step -step process. Hmm. And I, you know, when I, that is essentially the top three things. Now, 
out of those three things, you'll create good leadership, bad leadership, be a good father, be a bad father, be a good husband or mother or a good husband or wife or not be a good husband or wife, right? Yep. Out of not knowing your purpose, right? Determines whether or not you feel like you're constantly frustrating going after the day to day. Like it's hard to get up and go to work. Or it's hard to get up and go do your thing. Or and I'm not talking about the optimal grind, right? I'm talking about like, yeah. I hate my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a key indicator that you're in the wrong field or you're working for the wrong person. And if you don't know your value, you're not going to work for the right person yep. because you're not going to have healthy boundaries. You're not going to know your worth. You're not going to know your standards. So to, because you don't know those things, you don't know if your standards are low, if your standards are too high, or what the balance is in between. Yeah. So I think ultimately everything that, that we struggle with in life, business, career, entrepreneurship really comes out of one of those three buckets. Yeah. Now, it's kind of like a, a Microsoft computer. You click a folder and that opens another folder, opens another folder. <laughs> yeah. Opens another. yeah, yeah. There's so layers for sure. Bucket down all day long. So, but that's, yep. that's, that's what I see most often. Dude, so I, you, you have so nailed it. So nailed it. People really, really don't understand what is actually holding them back in a lot of cases. They're, they're looking at things that have nothing to do with the problem. It's a symptom. It's something that's, you know, maybe outside of their control that they're blaming. It is so, it is exactly what you just articulated so beautifully. And, and as unbelievably important for people to understand. Um, and I, I'm so behind you on all of this. Like I'm so with you on all of it that I, I could talk to you about this all day long and we could go back and forth and go, yeah. And you know what else? And we could, but we can't, unfortunately, man, I, how can people get a hold of you if they want to know more? And if they don't want to know more, man, you got to think about why you don't want to know more because what he just laid out, what, what Steven just laid out for you guys was literally the things that you need to work on if you want to move forward in whatever way you think that you want to move forward. And it's a, and it's a, a discovery process. Like you said, it's like a folder on Microsoft Windows and you know you just boom, 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 boom. You keep going and you give them a step-by-step, -step, which is so key because yes, people don't need f f uh, uh, philosophy and theology. They do, but that's not ultimately all they need. And, and giving them that stepping stone and how to get to the next point. So valuable. If people want to reach out, if people want to find out more, if they want to connect with you, how do they do that? What can they do? Well, uh, first of all, you're, I, want to thank, I just want to say thank you. Those are very kind words and gestures and uh, it touches me deeply. I do find that people want to know that you care and that you can help. If you can do those two things beautiful thing ahead of you. Yep. Uh, the easiest way to connect with me right now is either via Facebook or Instagram. Probably Instagram is probably I'm, I'm the busiest. Um, I do answer Instagram messages. Um, they're, they're coming in quicker now than I can answer most of them. <laughs> um, my team is trying to like sort through some of that stuff, but yeah, uh, yeah. there you'll find out about free, free little virtual events. Like we do boot camps on a monthly basis okay. and you know, some of the other exciting things and ways that we can help you get started. You can always go to YouTube. I got a, hundreds of videos of free teaching and uh, even our interview will be there as well. The one we did earlier, you know, nice. a good way to get free content to test drive us to see if we can help you. And uh, if we can, I'd love to help. I love it. And it's Steven Scoggins. It looks like maybe Steven underscore Scoggins for um, Instagram. But anyways, just go out there and look. That's your name is YouTube and Instagram and LinkedIn, all that. That's how you find them. And I'll have all the links in the show notes, guys. So don't freak out if you're driving or you're on a treadmill or something. We got you. We'll put it in the show notes. Steven, man, listen, I, I, I don't want to 
I don't want to uh, I don't want to level jump our, our friendship here, but I feel like we have a really nice connection, and I I really enjoy talking to you. It's just a ton of fun. I always learn something, uh, and I just get so much from it. And I, I walk away from these conversations just feeling more positive and happy, and and like I can just attack things. So thanks for the time. Thanks for agreeing to be on the show and talking to my audience. It was hugely beneficial. I'm I'm certain of that, and uh, I can't wait to do it again. Dude, the, the feeling's absolutely mutual, and we can continue doing shows back and forth anytime you want to, my friend. I love it, Thank man. You. Thank you. Thank you, man. Have a good rest of your week and a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. That's good. See ya. Thanks. All right, man. Those were some great life lessons from Steven. He is a cool guy. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, we talk about a ton of hardcore real estate on this show. And as well, we should because you tune in for that. But you really need to understand what's stopping you. And it's not the tools. Just like Steven's story about literally pulling things out of the garbage to make tools to start his business. That's a great, great even metaphor for what I really want you guys to understand. It's not the quality of the tools. It's not the websites, the tactics, the the the, uh, the apps and the things like that, the camera, whatever. It's, it's about what you do with what you have. We all are starting somewhere. I grant you that some people start with certain advantages, but you have advantages over other people in certain ways. You have skills that other people don't have. And if nothing else, determination and the willingness to win and the refusal to lose is what's most important and you need to get yourself unstuck and that's exactly what steven talks about so guys take that information get out there be motivated get to work start seeing results and move forward i'll talk to you next time okay you're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, Level Jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month, to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over a hundred a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12 month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words just start as two words now, just start to the number 5544. So text just start to 55444. I will send you a free digital download of my book. It's the complete book. There's nothing held back. And that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me. And I really, really appreciate it, guys. So I want to do something nice for you. I do this every once in a while at the end of shows. And if you listen to the very end, every once in a while, I do a giveaway like this. So hopefully you enjoy that. Go grab a free copy. I hope you read it. I hope you love it. Reach out. Let me know what you think. All right, guys. Talk to you next time.